Welcome, welcome all to the folks on the Real Podcast. This is your co-host, Jason. Hi, this is Jay. I'm the Hooma. What's up, brother, man? How are you? I'm doing good, dude. You know, uh, you know, a fun-filled week. You know, we, we missed last week. You're a little under the weather, but, you know, have no fear. We are back, back in the saddle. Fun times, Jay. We're like halfway through the season. It's already, what, week seven, week eight? What a Don't time to be alive. Out. Don't get me all depressed, bro. It's fine, but it's also like the gonna... best time of the year. We got like the World Series coming up. You got like hockey frenzy that ESPN is trying to shove down everybody's throat. College football. It's a great time, Jay. It's a great time That's to be a a degenerate. Great, great time to be alive. Now, before we start, I got a crack cold one. A yes. little Sprite action. Nice. Oh, yes. Yes. Crack a cold one. Yeah, you're gonna have the caffeine free this late at night. You know, is this, is this caffeine free? Is Sprite yeah. caffeine free? Yeah. Oh. Dude, if you if, right. you if you had like Coke tonight, like you would like not be sleeping for three days because I know you, so it's fine. <laughs> you need that Sprite. Yes, I do. All right, Puma, let's get right into this. All right, my resurgent New England Patriots, my wow. Patriots, nice, have like risen from gold. the ashes, have risen like the Phoenix, Puma. We took down the Buffalo Bills. We are now two and five instead of one and five. When the whole world Puma thought that the Patriots would get steamrolled over, when the whole world laughed at me for saying that the Bills could potentially get upset by the Patriots, you laughed at me. Everybody else laughed at me. But Puma, I've got a feeling about this Patriots team. And you heard it here first. I'm going to spoiler alert. Okay. Patriots being the Dolphins this weekend. And we okay. are going on a roll, Puma. We are going on a roll. Let me let me tell you why. Okay. This team let me get my pain pills real quick to, to, Puma, to hear this. This Patriots team is finally, finally getting some mojo going. For the first few weeks, there was a lot of turmoil. And I think if I had to understand, if I had to explain to you why I think there was turmoil, I think it was mostly because the new offense took some time to get going, right? Now, Last week against the Bills, Mac Jones looked good. We reverted back to the Josh McDaniels offense where he was basically dinking and dunking. If you look at Mac Jones's flow chart, you know the little green chart they do with like the X's and O's? All his passes, Puma, were behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. That's the kind of type of quarterback play we need out of Mac Jones. We can't have him pushing it down the field. His arm isn't strong enough, so I think finally they understood. I think I think Bill O'Brien finally understood we've got to allow him to throw these small, like quick passes and the more times we have him thrown downfield, the more disastrous this kid gets. So, call it call it stupidity on my part to you know um, think that you know that. Uh, let me put let me put it this way: I think Bill O'Brien finally figured out the formula on how to make Mac Jones work. They're trying to fit him into a into a spot that he wasn't comfortable playing quarterback. He was not. He's not. He's never going to air it out. He's never going to throw six yards down the field. And they're trying to get him to do that. Now they've dialed it back. They reverted back to the Josh McDaniels offense and Puma. I you hear to hear first. We're upsetting the Miami Dolphins. You're on drugs. You want to know it's why tough. they were dinking and dunking? I hope they were dinking and dunk because literally the the linebacking core for Buffalo has been decimated with injuries. I, I think Matt. I don't think Matt Matt Milano wasn't there. Uh, the secondary Tre'Davious White is out with the Achilles injury. Like that linebacking core was already like the depth was already a problem, and then losing a big piece like that contributed to it. Um, you know, I, listen, was it a, a great performance by Mac Jones? Sure. Did Buffalo also squander away so many opportunities in that game? Absolutely. They're now running into 
a uh, a Dolphins team that you know Tua is undefeated against Bill Belichick in his career thus far. They, they have a massive home field advantage, even though it's going to be you know the end of October down there. It's going to be eighty five with like a hundred percent humidity out there. Vic Fangio is going to throw the kitchen sink at 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 uh, at Mac Jones here, so it's not going to be a whole lot of dinking and dunking anymore. And you know, you couple that with Xavier Howard might be back from his groin injury. You know, there's a slight chance that uh, Jalen Ramsey might be activated off of injured reserve, and he should be able to come back for this game. You know, I heard a lot of talk about how well the Pats limited the offense of, of the Miami Dolphins week two. Yeah, they did. They absolutely did. They held them to like 240 passing yards and then 130 yards on the ground. You know, Mostert and A-Chain ran, ran the ball down their throat. But the big difference between now and then is there's no Gonzalez in that secondary for New England any, anymore. Matthew Judon is not going to be there. So this is a completely different defense that Bill Belichick is going to be rolling out against Miami that had a chance to tie it up in the fourth quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles. And in my opinion, if they would have tied it up, they would have won. I'm not getting into the refs. That's that's a whole other conversation. But no, like one of my best bets this week is laying nine and a half with Miami do at home. Don't do it. Don't Tua do it. Is fi- Tua is 15 and five against the number covering the spread. The New England Patriots, like, you know, the bar, Jay, like the bar is so low. The bar is so low that at this point, Mac Jones could tie his shoes right and everybody would be happy with what Mac Jones has done. He's about to get a rude awakening from Vic Fangio. You know, last week two, they were a two-point favorite and they covered by more than a touchdown or they actually covered by a touchdown here. Uh, it's get, probably going to come down to the ball and the game is going to be in Mac Jones's hands again. And Vic Fangio is going to dial up a defense here and just going to completely get after his ass. And I know that the the Pats kind of retooled the offensive line by putting a, a way you on the right side. To me, it doesn't really matter. Jalen Phillips is going to be back. He, he looked like a stud last week and was getting after Jalen Hurts' ass. Jalen Hurts also, in my opinion, got hurt uh, in the first quarter of that game and tried to play it off and is still playing it off right now. Christian Wilkins is a beast, too. Uh, if Bradley Chubb can just become a semblance of what Bradley Chubb was in Denver, this is going to be a very, very interesting front four and front seven going up against the New England offensive line this weekend. I'm laying the nine and a half with the pass. Oh, stop it, Puma. So much here. disrespect, Puma. So much disrespect. You know, Jay, you know, let, let me, let me, let me, this let me say this. State has to stop, Puma. Let me say, let me the say Patriots something though, real quick. Now, okay. They're gonna. So you have no explosive playmakers on offense. You guys can't even use Ramondre Stevenson right. And all yeah. of a sudden, now Devontae Parker, Mr. Mm-hmm. Soft Tissue Injury himself. And mm-hmm. by the way, was it like Juju Smith-Schuster not active last week? We're just mm-hmm. going to dink and dunk our way down the field with Devontae Parker that, one, can't use his body size the right way in the first place. And I had front row seats to that. And all of a sudden, and is also due for a soft tissue injury between now and Friday practice. No way, man. Have you like, have you heard of somebody called Demario Pop Douglas? Have you? Sure. Have you? Yes. He's, yes. he's the up-and-coming star that we needed, Puma. Mm-hmm. The kid has juice. He can get in and out of breaks quick. He can actually beat somebody in coverage. And here's my bigger point. My bigger point being, Puma, if you really – and let's be real here for a second. If you really watch that Bills game, the reason why we were able to disrupt uh, Josh Allen so much was because Christian Barmore has come alive. The last two or three games, up the middle, Christian Barmore has been able to provide pressure right up, up the middle, and you saw Josh Allen pushing out all game long, getting out of the corner, getting out of the pocket, trying to make a play. Now, I get it. Gonzalez is gone. I get it. Judon is gone. 
But Barmore's emergence the last couple weeks has really helped us out quite a bit. And if we saw anything from the Miami Dolphins game against the Philadelphia Eagles the other night, what happened? Jalen Carter and that front seven up the middle were causing all kinds of issues. This is why I this is why I am so excited about this matchup because I do believe that front seven for the Patriots is going to disrupt the whole timing offense of the of the Miami Dolphins. And we have seen now with two big games against the Bills and against the Eagles when they put in that spot the Miami Dolphins look average to sometimes bad like i mean they scored one touchdown this past weekend the other one was a pick six and there's a field goal that was like in in uh anime in main territory all i'm saying puma is christian barn with that front seven they're gonna push right up the middle and that's gonna cause a lot of issues for for the miami dolphins Mm-mm. lay them lay the night you, you heard you heard it here first Divi- you, you know what first. you want to have a side bet we'll do 25 bucks side straight bet. up Side bet. That's look too rich my. That's look too rich my blood. Let's do ten dollars, okay? Fine, ten bucks. Ten bucks, on, straight I'm, up, straight on, up. I am broke. Our little side am, bet, straight up. <laughs> I am. I am a broke boy, so I cannot obviously uh, bet twenty five dollars. Okay. There you go. Ten bucks. <laughs> ten bucks, straight up. You heard it here first to the one viewer of the pod right now. Uh, yeah. But yes, uh, you know, I get it. Like it's division. It's a divisional game. Division games get weird. But in this spot, after what happened on Sunday Night Football. Anything under 10, I'm playing. I am playing, but it's Miami or nothing for me. So let me ask you this. Uh, did you end up watching much of that Bills-Patriots uh, game? And I wanted to ask you from a non-Patriots perspective, what you saw out of the offense, out of the defense, out of the Patriots, why do you think we were able to beat the Buffalo Bills? Besides Josh Jones having a meltdown. Yeah. Because the Bills uh, left their offense apparently in London and then actually they didn't even leave it in London. They left it at the airport on their way to the London game like two weeks ago. Like I, you know, I have no idea what the hell's going on in Buffalo. I mean, to me, like New England's still a bad football team, in my opinion. They just, you know, they got lucky on a any given Sunday. Things can happen. You know, I'm not taking a whole lot of stock in Josh Allen having like, you know, oh man, like his shoulder was was hurting. Like, okay, fine. I guess he popped up on the injury report from that. But, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is this offense hasn't been clicking for the last three weeks. And then on top of that, one of their big strengths was their defense. Their defense relied heavily on scoring off of turnovers. And when you don't have Tredavious White out there and when you don't have Matt Milano out there and there really isn't a whole lot of depth at the linebacking core, like that is going to be a massive problem, especially in like this still quasi hell in a cell known as the AFC. So, um I give that more, I give it more credence to Buffalo playing down their competition with no depth than all of a sudden New England figured things out. And, you know, they, they put out a report that Bill Belichick has like a a contract extension that apparently nobody knew about up until kickoff the other week. Yeah, we'll say that in a second. Uh, Before we move off this, I wanted to run this by you. Like, I firmly believe we're about to go on a run. I truly believe the New England Patriots are about to reel off five out of six wins, four out of five wins, whatever oh denomination God. you want it. You're taking my pain pills. We, we we beat the Buffalo Bills. We're gonna beat the Miami Dolphins this weekend, Puma. And I promise okay. you, uh, next week you're okay. gonna start, you're gonna start coming around with the idea like, oh crap, this this team's about to go on a run because I've got to no, I'm not. No, I am not coming around to the Puma. idea, Jay. This Puma. is a bad Puma. football team. This is Puma. a bad football team. And the fact Puma. of the matter is, is that now you're starting to sound like the callers in the '98 five. No. That Puma. is like, I, oh my god. See, the problem, Jay, the problem, Jay, is you're you're holding your laurels to Pop Douglas, who was drafted in what, the sixth round, when for decades, 
All that's been talked about is, oh, Bill can find anybody. Bill can find anybody bagging groceries at Walmart and, and make them into a pro bowler. The fact that this guy is their key offensive weapon is, one, horrifying, and two, just gives more fuel to what you call the Bill Belichick sycophants and is probably going to do enough this year to keep his job. The bar is so low. Just accept the fact that this is a bad football team. And you're going to tell me, fine, you know what? I'll split the difference. Let's say, let's say by some miracle that you guys go into Miami and 100% humidity mm-hmm. with the massive home field advantage that the Dolphins now have. Talking. Yes. And now you're going to go into the frisky Indianapolis Colts, which oh, I understand. Frisky. I understand Minshew mania is Minshew mania. But the stop fact it. of the matter is, is stop now all of a sudden you guys are going to have a stout run defense and it's going to shut down Zach Moss and shut down Jonathan Taylor. He's starting to look like the old Jonathan Taylor. And I get the Chargers are the Chargers. But Austin Eckler is still back there, and the chief, like the Chiefs, they never cover. Well, well yeah, that of course. On the spread. Chiefs, yeah. But but my bigger point, Puma, the commies will the, win. I'll put Puma, the commies winning that week too. Puma, look at this remaining schedule. Even if we do lose to the Dolphins, which I don't think we're going to, we're going to beat the Dolphins. We've got the Commanders who suck. We've got. I still think the commies winning. The Colts are trash, Puma. The Giants are a dumpster fire, much worse than we are. The Chargers, I've got no faith in Brandon Staley and, and Justin Herbert. And and the one thing, and let's be fair here, Bill Belichick has owned Justin Herbert. He's made him look foolish, right? The Steelers, I, I obviously, I, I don't know. Those guys are good. The Chiefs, obviously, we're not going to beat them. But then the Broncos, the Bills, the Jets, like, I mean, Puma, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven potential wins right here. Like, mm-hmm. add seven wins on top of two. We're at nine, ten wins, Puma. Like, I can honestly see this thing taking off for the Patriots. And here's the thing, Puma. Like, it would be one thing if I was a religious Bill Belichick sycophant that would just drink his urinal water. You feel me? Like, that's not who I am. I am very fair and objective about the Patriots. And Bill Belichick and this team, I think they found something. I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't know what it was. I really can't even quantify it. I just got this feeling, Puma. I got this feeling deep down that my New England Patriots are about to go oh, run. The Let's clock go. is about to strike midnight, Cinderella. So I hate to tell you this, but, but, but my Santa Claus ain't real either. <laughs> my, bigger, my bigger point, Puma, I'm very fair about the Patriots. I'm objectively fair. Sometimes I'm a little too overly critical. But I have to give Mac Jones his props for what he did. He played a great football game on Sunday. And on top of that, I've got this feeling. I've got this feeling we figured something out on Sunday. Okay. That one is going to propel us, all right? Okay. Imposing Chris, our boy in the chat. Yes. Yes. Fan is short for fanatic. And this is crazy. And honestly, Jay, I I, I feel like you're, you've taken my pain pills from, you know, my surgery that I just had. So, hey, wow. Impo- imposing okay. Chris. Imposing Chris. There we go, baby. Let's go, Pat. Yeah. Let's go, Pat. Oh, Imposing underscore Chris. Brandon underscore Puma. All these underscores. Y'all just a bunch of haters, all right? Simple as yeah. that. Oh, all right? oh, y'all oh y'all going to come back the here bar, in a few weeks. The bar, right? y'all the gonna bar come back is in a few so weeks, low. And y'all are going to apologize to me. The bar is Trust so happen, low. Right? Man, I can't wait to have that $10 hit my account when we when we roll on, on Sunday. <laughs> Wow. The funny thing is, we're going to be in the same room watching this game. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. My mother-in-law is going to be in, in for a show. <laughs> Me and Puma in the same room. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll let imposing underscore Chris on this uh, little as well, since he's watching it with us. 
you know, I live in Ohio. Puma lives in Connecticut. I'm actually going out there for some from family stuff, work stuff, whatever. But on the way back, I'm going to watch this Miami Dolphins Patriots game with Puma. And I'm going to be in the same room and I'm going to be like, Puma, take that when the Patriots beat the Dolphins. Take that, Puma. Okay. We'll see about that. I'll I'll have my Venmo request uh, on hot standby for you. So. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right. Let's move on. The Cincinnati Bengals coming off a bye week, looking much better than the first couple weeks of the season, taking on the 49ers who are coming off two straight losses. What do you, what you, who you got winning this game, Puma? I mean, it's a travel spot, but uh, I mean, after what I saw, like the last two weeks from this 49ers team, like I'm, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go with the, the Bengals here. Like I'm not betting this game. Yeah. The spread is uh, Cincinnati's getting five and a half points. Uh, so they're the dog here. I think the over under last time I looked was 45 and a half, but no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Bengals here just because of the fact of, you know, the bye week came just at the right time. I mean, just before, just before, um, you know, the, the, the bye, you, you started seeing Joe Burrow look a little bit more like himself. Uh, you know, the, the Seahawks kind of screwed that game away in my opinion, but it looked like old Joe Burrow the week prior to that against the Cardinals. Now that, you know, fully rested here and, you know, like composing Chris put up there, like Purdy's yep. finally who we really, I agree. What we all thought. And this is, yep. this is what I've been saying the, the yep. whole season is, you know, is Brock Purdy going to be able to throw this team back into a game? Sure. The Cleveland game. Yes, he did. And then Jake Moody screwed him over by missing that mm-hmm. field goal. But then the same thing, same thing happened yesterday. I mean, Jake Moody left a lot of points in the field, missing field goals here. And then he had to, you know, uh, Purdy had two really brutal interceptions. I mean, yeah. one with five minutes to go, one with like a minute and a half, you know, two minutes to go when it was only a five point lead. And, you know, say what you want about the Vikings. I mean, the, the defense isn't world beaters, but the defense is light years better than what it was last year. And it was like they, they were god awful picks. So you look at that, you know, I think the, the Bengals are going to be up at some point in this game in the fourth quarter. Is Brock Purdy going to be able to take them off the brink and throw them back into a game? I don't think they are. Yep. And then you also look on the defensive side of the football for how vaunted this defense is. And I believe I was watching the baseball game last night, so I wasn't really paying attention to Monday night football because game seven to me is more interesting than Monday night football. I'm sorry. But Fred Warner, I think, went down with an injury. So I'm not sure if he's going to be available on Sunday. And then you couple that with the fact that I, I think the 49ers have like the, one of the lowest sack rates in the league through seven yeah. weeks so far. I mean, it, the only teams worse than them are Houston, Jacksonville, uh, the Giants and uh, the Rams and uh, at a 4.9% sack rate for how vaunted this defense is. There's a lot of questions here. If Lou Amarillo is going to be able to get after his ass and come up with some dynamic defenses and, and, and blitzes to get after Purdy. And there's a lot of talk about Christian McCaffrey being the MVP of this team. But I mean, Trent Williams wasn't playing last night. Debo Samuel wasn't mm-hmm. playing last night. And this offense looked pretty pedestrian when Brian Flores mm-hmm. took away Christian McCaffrey from the game plan. So yeah. I'm going to, if I'm betting this, I'm laying it with Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals too. And mostly because of this Brock Purdy conversation that we're having. I, I think Brock Purdy, you know, when the season started, 
you know, five games in, they're rolling. They're five and zero. They're looking amazing. They got the Avengers of football, as I dubbed the San Francisco 49ers out there, just steamrolling everybody. Right? They're looking really good, and I started believing the hype that Brock Purdy was special. And what I mean by special is, you know, same thing in the beginning of Tom Brady's career. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. What I'm trying to say is we. I was able to see past, you know, all the hey, he's a system quarterback. He's a guy that's a part of the system. He won't do anything anywhere else. And I was starting by the fact that maybe, just maybe, Brock Purdy was something special. However, the last two weeks, he had prime opportunities. Whether it was down against uh, the Cleveland Browns. And yes, he got him into field goal range and they missed a field goal. I get that. It's totally fine. But the fact is, they shouldn't even have been to that level. You're playing the Cleveland Browns on the road with a backup quarterback. You're not even playing like, like their star quarterback. So... I really was looking forward towards Brock Purdy having a bounce back game last night against the against the Minnesota Vikings. But, you know, imposing Chris here makes a great point about the, the timing based offense that the 49ers run. Right. Ultimately, you saw those two bad interceptions that Brock Purdy threw. And a lot of those come from the fact that the timing of the offense is thrown off and he's just blindly throwing like he is just being told this is where you throw in this spot. You know, it's open. Go for it. And he's not even looking for the pay to develop. So, you know, uh, the the. The fact that you can cause what I wanted to see out of Brock Purdy was him improvising a little bit. Once the timing is thrown off, how can he improvise? Maybe roll out of the pocket, maybe find a way to jumpstart this uh, 49ers offense. So far, we haven't seen it. So because of that, I got the Bengals winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, 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 do you think they correct this? Like, obviously, now. They are in a free fall. I think they're about to lose three straight in a row, right? So a lot of this is tied around health for the 49ers, right? But do you think they're a legitimate viable candidate to come out of the NFC? Or is this who they are? I think that I think this is who they are. I mean, I'm I'm you know trying to look at the schedule here. I mean, the, I'll put the up. Jags might be the one like the, the, the Jags are right after this week. So like the, the defense for the Jaguars leaves a lot to be desired here, but yeah. no, like this is, this is going to be, uh, I think the, the start of a, a three game losing streak here. And then even then after the Jaguars, they, they have Tampa Bay going on the road and Tampa Bay's defense has been, you know, pretty, pretty decent, you know, yeah. last week, notwithstanding, but I mean, this is like, this is the murderer's row. I mean, you have the Seahawks, uh, what is that like a bye week in between? So they got back to Seahawks bye week, then Seahawks yep. again. Yeah. Um, so it, that's that's not going to be that's not going to be easy here. I mean, the only air quote layups here are Ravens. Jacksonville. Holy crap! Commanders, the commies, maybe? like yeah, the Rams maybe. But like, yeah. I think the Buccaneers are going to be a live dog in that game. The Jaguars might be a live dog in that game too. Um, no, this is here's, here's this a crazy take, and I'm gonna disagree with the imposing Chris here because I think there's a small chance the Seahawks can win this division. I know mm-hmm. everybody's I've, I know everybody's written it off as the 49ers are gonna win this division, the 49ers are gonna come out of the out of the NFC. There's a chance the Seattle Seahawks could end up winning this division because at this moment, I believe they're playing a more not a better brand of football, so I want to I want to quote this properly. They're playing a more sound, fundamentally sound uh, uh, brand of football. Where like the 49ers, if they get hurt, it's over. Like all right, well Brock Purdy obviously can't do anything with these guys, but I think with the Seahawks, they can weather a couple of injuries here and there and still keep on ticking. Well, here's the thing though, too. Like if it wasn't for god awful red zone play against Cincinnati last week, mm-hmm. uh, the Seahawks would probably be. I think it'd be like a five game winning streak. So 
I I like it. I like Seattle to potentially win this division. I mean, you know, imposing Chris also said too. Imposing Chris has been on fire in the 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 that's my guy right radio there. Chris, you my guy. That's what You're we're calling guy, the the chat section here. Kind of stealing that from the Cover Three podcast. Shout out to the Cover Three pod. But I mean, if if it's just going to be you know heavy blitzing, and that's going to be the cheat code, especially with no Trent Williams there. I mean, good good luck to you, man. Like I I have a hard time seeing seeing uh you know the, the the 49ers running away with this division here i think it might be a good time to segue into the browns versus seahawks where you talk about the seahawks um browns are coming off a an insane game like who the hell would have mm-hmm. thought that pj walker versus gardner Minshew was gonna be the highlight of the one o'clock window like i'm watching that game with my jaw on the floor uh they're coming off a win in a game where deshaun watson got hurt he threw a couple interceptions got hurt went and got concussion protocol, was clear to go back in. However, the Browns decided not to take him back in. A lot of conversation this week about was it uh, Deshaun Watson's decision to go back in or not. We'll get to this in a second. My personal feelings, I think that Deshaun Watson quit. And then the Seahawks, you know, they're there. We just talked a lot about him. So at the moment, who do you got to win this game, Puma? Uh, it's one of my best bets this week. It's uh, Seattle minus three. Um, I'm kind of mm-hmm. pissed I missed the boat when it was two and a half on the look ahead. But, uh, you know, any Seattle minus three – Reality, this should probably be close to a, a touchdown, in my opinion, if they didn't bungle the the uh, the Bengals game two weeks ago. But, you know, Seattle's a better team right now. They're playing a better brand of football like we've been talking about off the top. Uh, the offensive line for Cleveland is still st- still leaves a lot to be desired. Like Jedrick Wills is still having a rough go of it from what I've seen. And then, you know, you get to it. It doesn't matter if it's P.J. Walker, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, or or uh, Deshaun Jag-Watson, uh, this defense is going to be able to get after it and generate pressure. Devin Witherspoon is probably defensive rookie of the year coming out of Illinois. That guy is an absolute nice. savage. Nice. All over the formation, he can pretty much run with anybody here. And, you know, as comical as Jamal Adams is, that dude can stuff the run and he can get he can be involved in the in safety blitzes and really make life a living hell back there for whatever quarterback is behind that offensive line. The Seahawks are, are great at stopping the run. Uh, I think they allow only like 3.5 yards of carry, which is top three in the NFL right now. Uh, so they're going to make whoever's back there throw the football. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, and now that you have Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, JSN kind of emerging with uh, DK Metcalf missing last week, and you have Tyler Lockett, and look at that. Noah Fant is looking like the tight end one that they that came out of the University of Iowa you know, over four or five years ago. This is a very dynamic offense. So I'm laying it. I'm laying the three with Seattle. I, I think this is, a, this is a potential boat racing spot here. They're on the road. It's uh, what is it like a 1 p.m. local kickoff because the four o'clock slate, you know, body clock is going to be a thing for for the Browns. And, you know, you factor in Deshaun, Jag, Watson potentially quitting on this team. Yeah, like, let's talk about no, that. I'm all set. Lay him with Seattle. Listen, I, I same here. I think the Seahawks are going to win. I think uh, the Browns going cross country, the backup quarterback as good as that defense is. I think I think it's an uphill battle for for you to go into that Seahawks stadium and, and beat them, especially how good a football player they're playing right now. So let's move on. I, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson here because there's nothing in life that makes me more mad than when you quit, when you quit on your team, when you quit on your family, when you quit on your friends, when you quit on anything in life. I, I truly get infuriated because at that point, it's not just about you. It's about the rest of the team as well, right? And, and I do believe Deshaun Watson masked behind all of that concussion, 
um, rotator cuff issue. I truly believe he started that game. He started playing really badly through two interceptions and then he used that, that injury as an excuse to not go back in. We have been saying this for a while now, and, and I think it's starting to become evident and self-clear that Deshaun Watson is never going to get back to who he was, right? He is never going to get back to that Houston Texans Deshaun Watson. But now we're 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 in this territory now where he's not just even average. He's below average. And on top of that, he's a quitter. Like, that's the one thing you can't do in team sport, especially football, where you're needed so heavily by your by, by your peers in your locker room. And this dude flat out said, I'm not playing well today. I'm not going to go back in. I, I get that. That's me putting my spin on it. The party line is that he was, you know, injured and he couldn't go back in. But just the optics of it, just looking at that game, anybody with two brain cells can be like, oh, crap. He threw two interceptions. He got hurt. He got medically cleared. Why isn't he back in the game? Like, it, it's it's too obvious there for me to not think of anything else. It's not even that, Jay. It's like, you know, let's go. Let's look at two separate things from that game, too. One, you have the post-game presser where Stefanski emphatically says that Deshaun Watson's playing next week against Seattle. And then literally like 10, 15 minutes later, when Deshaun goes to the podium, it's one of those, well, I'm going to pray on this with the Lord and wait for my sign. Like we're we're waiting for the Almighty to to essentially clear you to be ready to to play. And then two, I I saw this either yesterday, yesterday or earlier today where I think it was Dustin Hopkins, he hit the game-winning field goal. And they're in the locker room, they're giving out the, the game balls. And Deshaun Watson's in the corner. He's not, like, smiling, like, kind of high-fiving the, the players. Like, he legitimately looks yeah. pissed. Now, whether or not, like, that's him being pissed at himself for having a bad game or or just looking absolutely miserable because he's on the Cleveland Browns right now, that's open to discussion. But you have the coach saying one thing, you have the medical staff saying one thing. And I understand, like, from the shoulder aspect of things, if you feel like you can't push the ball down the field, okay, fine. It's not like the medical staff is essentially saying it's like a pain management type of deal. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have a hard time in, in a contact sport where you're always going to be dinged up here. Like even before the injury, Jay, he didn't look that great. He looked yeah. brutal against, against the Steelers. And I know that's unfair because that was like four weeks ago. But he he looked like he would rather be anywhere else in that matchup. And then conveniently, like, you know, the 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 seat that he takes himself out of the game right before kickoff when he only popped up on the injury report the day before uh, the, the 49ers game. Like, I have a hard time not seeing this as, hey, I got paid. I'm not putting myself in harm's way anymore. Uh, and imposing Chris makes a good point that got my brain rattling here about how, you know, Watson hasn't given up on the team, but I think he's given up on himself. What do you think on the fact that maybe the $230 million contract is weighing heavy on him? The fact that there's so much pressure on him with all that fully guaranteed money, it seems to be impeding him psychologically, which is leading to not being on the field, the physical ailments or whatever, the, whatever, whatever term that is scientifically. It seems like maybe this contract is is kind of holding him back because I can't think of anything else. I truly cannot think of anything else. Short of, short of the fact saying that he's done, he's washed up, which could be a, a, a point here. I, I just can't understand why he's not even going back out on the field when he's medically cleared. You feel me? That's the thing that really bugs me is the fact that he was medically cleared and couldn't get back out there. Well, if you, you know, I'll give Chris brings up a, a good point. It's, it's valid for what's going on potentially in between his ears. But you know, let's let's take it one step further. Not only do you have the pressure of the contract, literally, almost everybody in the country cannot stand you and thinks you're a freak, and which that's is true. probably hard for someone. I to, if that's a point too. Yeah, it's probably a, yeah. a hard pill to swallow 
when you were known as the stand-up guy from Clemson. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, like he lived in one of uh, Warwick Dunn's houses that that he built as like a charity type of deal. So, like, you go from that to being like the darling of Clemson to – you know, I think he won a national title out in, in Clemson yeah, did, too. Yep. And, you know, Dabo's dapping him up as like a family guy. And he's like the face of the Houston Texans with JJ Watt and, and all that stuff. And then your whole world starts crumbling down when you start yeah. sitting out games in Houston. And, you know, it comes to light that best air quote charitably that you're just a freak at massage parlors with yeah. pending lawsuits still. So you uh, juxtapose that with point. the contract, like yeah. maybe if you add all that, then I will buy what Chris is selling here. I th- I think that's I think that's a fair assessment uh, because I I think the injury aspect of it, how we were looking, how we were watching him now go back on the field, scream some sort of mental issue, like seem some sort of block there that he can't seem to go back on the field. And I think you might have hit it right in the head. I think everything compounding down on him, whether it's his image being torn down, whether it's the expectations of the contract. A lot of that is weighing heavy on him, in my personal opinion. Now, let's move forward here. Let's see this Brown schedule, right? I mean, you've got the Seahawks this week. You're probably going to lose that game. You've got, you've got the Cardinals. I mean, this is not going to be an easy test for these guys the rest of the way. you got the Ravens. you got the Steelers. Broncos, are, yes, not the greatest. But the Rams, they're tough out. The Jags. So, you know, there's a couple of games at the end of the year that it's going to be uh, a couple of layups for them. But for the most part, you know, I think they are going to have a tough stretch here coming up in the next few weeks. Hey, wait, is Deshaun going back to Houston on th- on Christmas? Yes, he is. That's yes, he is. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You're about to get your teeth kicked in at the H-Town. Nice. I mean, yeah. even then, like, Jay, look at the Bears. Like, yeah. if, if Justin Fields plays, that's not – like, none of these games are, are gimmies. Like, yeah. none. Like, maybe – Maybe if Zach Wilson reverts back to Zach Wilson, like I, you know, even the Cardinals, they're going to be a froggy team in that game too. Like none of these are layups here. And like, there was so much expectation for the Browns this year. And I mean, uh, if Nick Chubb was still there, like they still have a puncher's chance in that division, but like, I I'm sorry. Like, and now, now you think of it from like a roster roster perspective, right? Like to do like the deep dive into into uh into the roster construction here like they've already maxed out their pj walker call-ups from the practice squad so like he is going to have to be on the 52-man roster now whether or not that means they send dtr down to the practice squad which you know you could sign people off of the practice squad and i know dorian thompson robinson did was not great in that spot start but you've seen him at ucla i've seen a handful of games Mm -hmm. of him at ucla too like he would probably be a decent commodity to somebody needing quarterback depth uh on, on a roster here and also any team that could probably stick it to Cleveland after that whole contract debacle would probably do that in a cocaine heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Tough road ahead for, for the Browns. Okay. Let's move on to the Puma bets. The segment that is sweeping the nation, the segment where you should take your 401k out and put it on the Puma. Hang on. Hang on. No, 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 no. The, the, The last two weeks is a prime example of why we bet responsibly with the Puma oh, bets. Now listen, Puma. I'm not I'm not getting sponsored by DraftKings. I'm not getting sponsored <laughs> by FanDuel. I'm not getting sponsored by N- MGM, whatever. This is just me looking out for you guys. Don't go nuts. These last two weeks have been brutal. 
I've been in the front. I've been in the front seat of that. I'm losing my ass the last two weeks, but you bet responsibly. We'll be okay. We're going to hit the comeback and the comeback starts this week. Jay, you got something to say? Can I go through the goddamn bets? Take out the second mortgage. Take out the second mortgage. Imposing Chris <laughs> is calling his financial advisor here. Just hey, there Chris, we go. when you when you talk to when you talk to Merrill Lynch or Charles Schwab, just throw in the disclaimer. Hey, Puma said for me to bet responsibly, but I'm 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 still gonna do this. But anyway, Jay says bet irresponsibly. <laughs> bet irresponsibly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Puma bets. We already hit two of these from the top. I'm laying the nine and a half with Miami at home against New England here. Go back 25 minutes, listen to the breakdown there. Seattle minus three against Cleveland. We just hit that. The other one, these are these two are tied in the same game. Uh, I'm laying the six and a half with the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington Commanders. They're on the road in Washington, but you know, the Eagles had like a bit of a wake up call last week. I understand the box score shows one thing, but the the Dolphins were not boat raced out of that building. They were able to get after Jalen Hurts' ass, make life uncomfortable for him. And Jalen Hurts is dinged up. He he entered that game again with the knee brace here. I think they're going to do enough to obviously cover the six and a half. I think they're going to win by, you know, double digits in my opinion, because this defense is going to be able to probably get six and a half sacks on Sam Howell this week, because not only is this offensive line bad for Washington, but Sam Howell is not helping his cause because he's holding on the football for so goddamn long that he's just getting absolutely annihilated. Um, and I'm not taking a whole lot of stock in like the first week division games are weird, but they were helped. Washington was helped with a lot of boneheaded penalties by the Eagles there. So I'm going to go Eagles minus six and a half. And then the other part of that game, I'm going to take the under 43 and a half in that game, which is, uh, you know, I'm going to go half a unit on that one. We're not going to go nuts. We're going to put a little half on there because it's under a key number of 47, you know, we kind of want to, there's different maths to get to it, but I feel like this is going to be one of those games where, you know, Nick Sirianni is a lot of things. I don't think he's a stupid man. So I think they're going to do enough to get the lead and park the bus and get out of Washington or land over Maryland, wherever the hell they play and just leave, get out of there and keep everybody intact. Like Lane Johnson's dinged up. Fletcher Cox had a scare last week. Jalen Hurts had a, you know, had a little bit of a, a scare this season with the injuries. Just handle your business, get out of Dodge. Now we're gonna go to college here. First stop, go. we're gonna go to Louisville. Big ACC matchup between Louisville and Duke. Louisville's at home, laying four. I'm gonna go with Louisville here. They're coming off the bye week. They just got embarrassed the week prior by Pitt. They lost outright after that huge win at home against Notre Dame. Uh, A lot of this is hinging on whether or not Riley Leonard is going to play. I thought Riley Leonard came back too soon for that Florida state game. Um, Even when he was in Jay, like he wasn't effective. He wasn't moving around a whole lot. He couldn't drive. He couldn't step into the throws. And then he, you know, he rolled up that ankle again. I personally don't think he's going to play. I think Louisville is going to come out there howling mad. They're going to handle their business. At home, I'm going to lay the four there. Um, the other one, probably logic would say, don't back this team. But I'm going to take Utah and all of those seven points at home oh. against Oregon oh. because I'm a big believer in Road Bo Nix still being a thing. Mm-hmm. Road Bo Nix was a thing when he was at Auburn. And we kind of saw Road Bo Nix 
be a thing against the Washington Huskies two weeks ago where, yeah, he looked great stat-wise, but to the eye test on a crucial fourth down plays, he was kind of – he uh, he was bouncing the ball to players here. You know, Bryson Barnes is going to be quarterback one for Utah moving forward. We saw what he could do with his legs against USC. He's got a little bit of a, he's got a, he's got an arm. He's able to he put like a, I think three touchdowns through the air, one on the ground here. Normally, I would say this is a stay away from Utah because this is a massive letdown spot after a huge win. But playing at Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City is not going to be a cakewalk for Utah for uh, for Oregon. Do I think Oregon wins? Sure. Am I going to lay a touchdown with Bo Nix on the road? Absolutely not. I think Utah's also going to be able to stop the run and make Bo Nix throw the football here. And then the last one, we're going to go, we're going to go on the road. We're going to go to Kansas. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. But the problem is, is I'm not on Kansas. I'm laying all 10 points with Oklahoma here. Yes, Oklahoma had the scare of their life against UCF last week. But this Kansas secondary is okay at best. And now you have Dylan Gabriel coming out there. He's going to be able to take advantage of the secondary here. Uh, Brett Venables is going to want to keep the foot on the gas. Uh, I think this is going to be a prime bounce back spot, even though it's on the road for the Sooners. I'm going to lay all 10 points because I also think style points are going to help with this college playoff here. And right now, if I recall correctly before we recorded, I think Oklahoma was still on the outside looking in at number five. We got a statement win against Kansas. We're going to lay all the 10 of these points. And by the way, Jalen Daniels, are you playing? Aren't you playing? You've had back issues. All season long, you've been late scratches prior to kickoffs this season. Nothing against Sam Bean. But if Jalen Daniels was in this offense, I would have pause on laying the 10 points. I'm going to lay the 10 points with with, uh, Dylan Gabriel here, which, by the way, he puts up enough stats this week. Might put him back in the race for the Heisman. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Uh, What stood out to you this past weekend from college football? Did you – well, actually, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Michigan scandal, right? Uh, a lot coming out <laughs> about how the Michigan Wolverines are uh, doing Deflategate 2.0, right? <laughs> I've heard this quite a bit about how, you know, Jim Harbaugh has a prerequisite to be the next head coach of the Patriots just because mm-hmm. he likes to be. But, you know, if you guys haven't heard, Michigan got caught, quote-unquote, taping signals, right? Essentially, they sent mm-hmm. a staffer on the road, sit across the, the bench, take a video camera out, and start filming the the, the signs. It's illegal in college football. Your take on it. So I find it kind of funny that it's illegal in college football because if I recall correctly, in some of the game previews for Washington, Oregon, one of the key components for the Washington head coach, whose name is escaping me, was that he could figure out the other people's signs to kind of have an idea of what plays coming in. So uh-huh. is it just like the fact of like, Hey, like someone's actually paying there to be there with like the old school, like video recorder. Like it's just, it's just comical to me. Like this really should be like a nothing burger because if the NCAA wants to actually like be, you know, considered like the farm system for the NFL, why don't you just put a green dot on the friggin' helmet of the middle linebacker or the quarterback and just, you know, call the plays in like regular people and not have like these placards of like Taylor Swift guest jeans, the powder puff <laughs> girls, and then maybe Rocky and Bullwinkle all on one card. And I have to do math to figure out what 
T Swift wide banana split with uh you know Rocky Bullwinkle me. Oh, Puma, you still there? There yep. you are. There you're back. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, man. Like ultimately, listen, if I'm being real, if I'm being fair, it's a nothing burger, right? Uh teams that were great in the past are gonna be great now. I mean, it doesn't matter if you you know have them not steal signs if you have them steal signs michigan's still gonna be michigan they were great back in the day they're great now right so ultimately why this rule came into effect was back in the early 90s you know the more the more wealthier teams in college football had the resources and money to buy video cameras and send people on the road to scout the smaller teams indiana rutgers illinois didn't have that kind of money to buy the expensive equipment back then and send people on the road to self-scout right so that's why the the rules in play, but in nowadays, bro, like everybody has a cell phone camera, everybody can try to do it. I'm not too worried about it, truthfully. Um, I do find it funny that Michigan State's the one that like called them in on it, right? Michigan State's the one that was like, "Hey, you're the one that's cheating. We're playing you this week. We might not even play you because you're cheating so much." Like, bro, you really had like Michigan State had no chance of uh, of beating Michigan with sign stealing or not sign stealing. So it's it's a big nothing burger in my opinion. It's because it's, it's Harbaugh. Uh, it's because that's, that's, that's it. Same exact thing. Yeah. Same exact thing. I mean, just like, and, and I know we're not going to get down this road, just like the gate, just like it was a try and nail Tom Brady to the cross, just like Tom Brady's numbers after the gate were better than before they deflate gate. Same exact situation here with Jim Harbaugh. It is what it is, you know? Mm. All right. Puma, I think we ran long enough for today, man. Yep. I, I think we're good. Day. Let's plug yep. this thing up. Click it up. This episode Click of the pod. In previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Sound, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the little bell button. Get notification in your feed when we're about to go live. Uh, social media wise. I'm on Brando underscore Puma on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship is at Jay Chima. The DMs are open. Happy to discuss betting. Any other thoughts on football, college football, whatever. Hit us up anytime you like. See you guys next week. Peace. Via Condios.